Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 80. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. And we are here once again, as we are every week on Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Of course, we're here on Tuesday morning or afternoon, depending on what side of the United States you're on, over there at geeksradio.fm. Hey, this is our yes, first... Yes. This is our first official uh, Geeks Radio simulcast. Really? Yeah, it is. So Nice. My, my picture needs to be added up there. Uh, yeah, I submitted that over to them. So when folks head over to geeksradio.fm and click on the Help I Got a Mac banner, uh, they will eventually be able to see your awesome photo up there under the show host menu. <laughs> and, of course, uh, you want to explain to them where that photo came from once it's yeah. there? Sure. When you when you see the photo finally, you'll you'll notice it's me pointing up at my name with an Apple logo. It's actually my Apple badge from from California. So, when you are a corporate employee, that's the badge they give you, and uh, it's pretty cool. Um, it's got an RFID chip inside of it, so you can hold it up to um, the door and stuff like that, so you can get in and out of buildings and and go to the cafe and things like that. And then on the back, it's got your signature and it's got a emergency number and the disaster info hotline and my employee uh, ID and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Could you buy things from the soda pop machine f- with your RFID tag? No. That would be cool. <laughs> Just charge that to my paycheck if you don't mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, when I, went, when I was in college at NKU, we could put uh, money on our college IDs. That, then that was brand new when I, when I started a hundred thousand years ago in college no doubt no doubt it's pretty cool well folks uh for those of you on geek geeksradio.fm who are listening to us we do want to welcome you to the listening audience of help i got a mac and coming up after this or before this uh was the podcast or will be the podcast answer man but we're excited to be here and uh of course you can find this and so many other shows that we produce over at gspn.tv but Chris and I have been around for a very long time. This is our 80th episode since we officially relaunched Help I Got a Mac. Chris, if you don't mind, for those who are just now tuning in, tell them real quickly kind of what our focus here is for Help I Got a Mac. Sure. A lot of Mac shows talk about Mac news, and we talk about that and, and general ranting and raving and things like that. And we do that too. But really, our main focus is for those people who just bought a Mac, who are thinking about switching to a Mac from Windows and uh, we're here to kind of talk about that and answer questions and anything that you may have uh, pertaining to becoming a new Mac user. Exactly. And of course, if your questions are not submitted, we tend to lean on uh, basically anything that interests us uh, when it comes to technology. So, uh, of course, please understand if, if we're a little light on the end of you know answering your brand new Mac user questions, don't, f- don't ever think to yourself, well, they've probably already answered that a million times. Submit your question. Seriously, if it's wondering what in the world do I do without a button on the right, please submit that question. We'll answer it again. We look forward to helping people really understand how the Mac works, why the Mac is is a is a very good machine. And and Chris, can I just say, uh, well, first of all, for those out there listening that don't know this already, Chris is I, I would say, I'd call you a fanboy. <laughs> 
All right. It, I, I'll take that. That's okay. All right. So, so, so for those of you listening, Chris is a Mac fanboy, and and he 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 really likes a, a, a I'd say a whole lot of what Apple does and what they stand for, and and I I would say that I like about half of what they do and what they stand for, and when I don't like it, I really don't like it. Now that that's not to say that Chris never disagrees with Apple and and never thinks that Apple makes a mistake. It, but I just want to stay for the record for those of you out there. I take a little bit of the other side of the approach. In fact, I am not a full-blown Mac user. I use a PC about 90% of the time and I have two Macs in my studio that get used for what I think Macs work great for in my daily routine of computing, which is video stuff. And so with that being said, I do want to say, Chris, I have been recommending brand new Macs to people left and right recently. That's cool. I mean, it's unbelievable. I was actually getting my hair cut today and the the girl that was cutting my hair was talking, you know, she asked me what I do for a living and I said, why? And I always explain that I do internet talk radio because I just don't want to go into the whole what is podcasting thing. So, uh, and she goes, you mean podcasting? (laughs) And I'm like, that's funny. And I'm like, yeah. And but anyway, the the thing is, is she goes, I, I she goes, I have to check out your um your site once you know I get things up and running again. I've got to get my system into the Geek Squad. And I said, uh-huh. well, uh, what's going on? And I said, she she says she's got a PC and it's got a virus. And she says the other day she was browsing the internet and this big pop up that says you've got a Trojan horse. Oh no! Click here to remove. And of course she clicked it. And of course what does that do? It installs this fake software that. That all yeah, of a sudden spyware 360 or or antivirus 360 or something like that. That's exactly it. And of course, it's yeah. it's totally hosed her system. And uh, Lee, uh, I'm very thankful for the fact that she didn't fall for the send us forty nine dollars and we'll remove all the stuff that we've done. Although it doesn't Jeez. say that, but it should. Anyway, we were sitting there talking and, and I sit there, I said, in, in your mind, um, you know, what do you think about getting a Mac instead? And she says, well, they're just way too expensive. And I says, well, yeah, I, that's that. It's those commercials, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it came out. I think the Max were too expensive. Argument was there way before those commercials. Yeah, because uh, I, gosh, I, it was what two and a half years ago before I got my first Mac, and that was that. That was me going into the Apple Store investigating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. There, there's this little sticker shock. Uh, anyway. I sit there and I had this conversation with her back and forth because for the most part, I've always agreed with people. I was like, listen, you're looking for something that's going to fit in your budget for a couple hundred dollars. You know what? You're probably better off seeing if you can get yourself an, a PC or a, a Windows-based system, if you will, and, and seeing if you can get XP on it. And so she's sitting there thinking, you know, she says, I'm thinking about getting me maybe, maybe a laptop to replace my computer at home. And I says, well, if you're getting a laptop, let's let's talk about this. And I'm sitting here giving her all this advice. We're doing a free consult one on one here. And so I sit there. I said, now, have you have you given any thought about how much it might cost to let's just say have the geek squad or whoever else kind of fix your system and, and get it back to where it needs to be? And she goes, I'm thinking probably a couple hundred dollars. And I said, well, if you're thinking a couple hundred dollars, forget your old system. Keep your keyboard, mouse and and uh, monitor and and just go get your new system for a couple hundred bucks you get a really nice system and just make sure it comes with xp and that's when she told me she is thinking about getting 
a laptop. And I said, well, if you're thinking about getting a laptop, now that's a different story. Now, if you go for a laptop today, unless you're thinking netbook, and she already told me she didn't want something that's just basic. She wants something with plenty of RAM and all that other stuff. And I said, well, you're already looking at for a, a halfway decent, a halfway decent Windows-based laptop, you're looking at at least $800 to $900. Would you Would you agree with that price range? And she goes, yeah. For a nice one, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and exactly. One one that's not going to crap out on her for th- after three months because it doesn't have enough RAM to handle all the junk that it and sludge that it picks up. And, mm. she, and she kind of agreed with that, and she thought that that was within her budget. I said, well, what if I told you there was an excellent laptop out there that you'll just fall in love with for only nine ninety nine, and and I think it's going to be perfect for you. And, and we had already had the discussion of what she uses her computer for, which was mostly just browsing the internet, checking email and Facebook and stuff like that. And 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 she mentioned iTunes specifically. And I sit there, I said, man. I, and she goes, yeah, nine ninety nine. Stretching. I said, well, I'll tell you what. There is no need for you to go beyond the entry level MacBook from Apple. And from everything that you and I have talked about, and I think it will be an excellent computer for you. And not only that, but I think it'll last you uh, at least two or three times longer than than any Windows-based PC. And if you decided down the road you needed Windows, you could always add Windows on as a secondary operating system because it will install that. And she's, she was so excited. And so I pretty much sold another MacBook while I was getting my haircut today. <laughs> And your best bet, and just to remind people, if you are thinking about getting a Mac uh, and you're going to buy it online, you're not going to go to the Apple store. Remember, they've got a refurbished store on their website. You can get computers. I'm looking at a refurbished aluminum 13-inch MacBook uh, for $949. So it's actually cheaper than the white one, and it's got the same specs, and it's a little bit sturdier. So There you go. So, if for, and, and I, I share that conversation just for the benefit of those of you out there listening to this. You know, that I used to agree, hands down, that there's just no way that you can argue that the Mac's, you know, the Mac line isn't too expensive. And when it comes, it, it really does, and, and I've really softened up on this, it really does come down to what are you using the system for. And... Uh, so I still believe two different two different roads here. Uh, my mom just got a brand new computer, and when she went out and got her brand new computer, computer, she went out and got a MacBook, and she loves her MacBook. She despised her Windows-based PC. She loves her MacBook. Now she needed to be able to interact using Windows, and so we installed Boot Camp, and she's able to boot into Windows whenever she wants to do her business work. And that works great for her, but for um, she had never really been able to enjoy a browsing the web experience on a Windows-based PC because of spyware and and all that other stuff. I don't know what it is about folks that that they just are so susceptible to pop-ups and clicking this and clicking that. I, it, it just it boggles my mind how they can. Ju- it's like they attract viruses. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And so, but anyway, my mom, she's a perfect example. You know, she went out and got a Mac. This hair, this the person who did my hair today, more than likely going to go out and buy a Mac uh, within the next couple of days. And now, on the other hand, I recently made a brand new purchase of another computer system, a, a laptop, in fact. 
and I did not buy a Mac. So mm-hmm. so does that make me some sort of uh, hypocrite? What, what do you think about that, Chris? No, because I went with uh, my father-in-law, and he bought a brand-new machine, and we looked at Windows machines, and he got a, a gateway. So, you know, it's, it's, it's basically what you need and, and what you're comfortable with. If you're one of those people who've been using Windows for years and you're really scared about using a Mac, then, you know, maybe a Windows machine is best for you. Um, one of the nice things about getting a Mac is you can get they, they offer you know free classes and you can do pri- uh, personal shopping experience where you get one hour about an, about an hour of time with someone at the Apple store to kind of walk you through the Apple experience. Plus you can get training classes. You can get one hour a week for a year, really cheap too. So there are the the barrier of entry is low on a Mac if you're willing to spend some time with it. And everybody, pretty much, I would say. 90% of the people that I know that buy a Mac, when you ask them a year later, you know, how, how, do you, how do you like your Mac, they use the words, I love my Mac. And that's not one of the things that really people hear. You know, I, I really don't hear someone saying, I love my Windows machine. You know right. what I mean? It, right. it, it becomes a, one of those things where you, you love this machine. So I don't know. Again, it's, it's for different strokes for different folks. But, uh, you know, I used to be a, a Windows PC guy. I used to be a an MCSE. Uh, I worked in the you know field doing uh, Microsoft Windows support and server support and stuff like that. And I'll never go back to to a Windows machine just because the Mac was everything that I wanted it to be. Gotcha. And for those who are wondering, what kind of uh, PC did I just recently? A Windows-based system did I just recently purchase? I am have sitting in front of me, and I'm actually talking to Chris on this right now via Skype. Um, an IEEE PC. Net. It's a it's a little. Um, little netbook computer and i think i paid 249 for it yeah i like the netbooks yeah and and to recap on that story again just for the benefit of those who are just tuning in for the first time i went out to go search for just a little monitor i i I was going to pick up a monitor for about 200 bucks now i was going to get a 19 inch monitor granted uh for about 200 bucks 249 and ended up when I was there, saw the little netbook and I'm like, man, you know what? The, I, I really would love to get a, a, a system that would be dedicated just to Skype to replace my old, you know, 1995 XP machine or whatever that whatever year <laughs> that thing was. I guess it wasn't 95. It was uh, probably 99. When did XP first come out? 2001. Oh, okay. Well, then. October 2001. I, I was actually at the Windows XP launch party. Were you really? Yeah. And, and they have one in, in all the major markets. So I was at the one in Cincinnati. And I heard that the song that they launched with, because Microsoft generally chooses some kind of popular song to launch with. And the song they chose to launch with was Madonna's Ray of Light. And I heard it so many times there, I can never, ever hear that song again without getting ill. That's that's funny. So yeah, this this system that I have, I guess, is from two thousand one, and that's what I used to be bringing you in on Skype on. So I I had the benefit of a, uh, a rather small monitor, granted, but I definitely was able to uh, have the added functionality of having a full blown computer. Windows XP came installed on it, and uh, very nice. In fact, I've been using it for other things recently. I just started using it to do a little. Uh, simplified editing in audacity on a project i'm working for the weekly loss podcast cool cool anyway so chris with that why don't you tell us a little bit about what's going on in the world 
as it relates to Apple? Sure. Uh, this week we've got uh, iPhone stories, which it seems like every week we talk about the iPhone. So, uh, which is the Mac that most people have in their pocket? Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, the first one is Apple stores will replace broken iPhone displays. This week, Apple announced that a specific repair, the screen replacement, can be performed at the Apple Store Genius Bars while the customer waits. The service is free if your iPhone's under warranty. Otherwise, it'll cost you $199. Of course, under warranty refers to the date purchased as well as other factors like liquid damage or jailbreaking or you know it getting run over by a car. So I'm not sure if they're covering accidental drops. Uh, we're a little unclear on that, and uh, we I'm waiting to hear if... if that does cover that, but yeah, it looks like uh, they can replace them in the store. I guess you just remove the two screws at the bottom of your iPhone 3G or 3GS, and there's a little suction cup thing that they put on it, and it lifts up. And yeah, I, I guess it's a pretty easy repair if you've got the part. So well, I'll tell you what, I it, it's funny that you bring this up because just this weekend, uh, I think it was Friday night or Saturday night, I can't remember which. Uh, but I had my screen replaced on my iPhone 3G. Tell me. Tell me more. Well, I thought that I had some dead pixels. Uh, there were about four or five different little pixels on my screen that appeared to be shining white light through them at all times, but it was really odd. I couldn't figure out what in the world was going on because it seemed to still be doing the same exact thing, even if the the iPhone was turned off. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe this back display, even though it's off, just always stays on. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Well, it turns out that I took it in there and they says it, it's, it would appear that you have dirt underneath your screen. You know, these are little dust particles. And he says, don't worry about it. Let me, uh, yeah. And so he said he, he went back in the back and pulled the top off and uh, cleaned it all out. And he actually put a brand new screen right on top of there and brought it back out and had, uh, he pulled off all the adhesive off of the screen and, and uh, I'll tell you what, it looks just like I got a brand new iPhone. Nice. Yeah, there's, a, I guess it's really easy. There's a rubber gasket that goes, that uh, is around the glass that they have to take off. But then I guess the new one comes with another rubber gasket and they just pop it back on. So like I said, if you've got the parts, I guess it's uh, easy to do. It's crazy when you think about it because I, I'm sitting here and I heard about the story of the guy who dropped his um, iPhone 3GS in the swimming pool while videotaping or recording video and he actually went dove in for his phone brought it out and it was still recording underwater and still recording uh video after it came out of the water and obviously wow. he was able to retrieve the video from the iphone 3gs as it's up on uh you on youtube so if you just youtube uh do a youtube search for iphone 3gs underwater you'll be able to find that now that'll that'll most certainly void your warranty, even if it's still working, uh, because what happens I inside the headphone jack and underneath uh, near the iPod dock, there's water sensors um, inside the phone that if they they get any kind of moisture, even like super high humidity, you want to be aware of. Uh, there's been stories about people taking their iPhones in the bath, you know, their iPhones and iPod touches in the shower, not in the shower with them, but in the bathroom, you know, listening to the the music or whatever through the speakers in the in the shower. You know, the the shower gets the bathroom steamy, and that'll cause those sensors to turn pink. And if they do turn pink, and and you take it to the Apple Store, if they see those sensors pink, they will not touch your phone. They will flag it as 
uh, out of warranty water damage and you're you're out of luck. Well, that so, that be, really stinks. That that yeah. really stinks if that's the case because um you know I certainly have had my bathroom steamed up because of the which call it but and I've had my phone in there. Fortunately though, uh he obviously checked that on my phone and uh I, I guess I made it through without the uh whole you know, my iPhone is now pregnant. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> little, just want to kind of be careful. A little first that. response uh, meter there. <laughs> so what else we got for us? What, what's going on in the iPod Touch world? Sure. Uh, looks like the iPod Touch and the Nano might be getting cameras. Uh, Mac Rumor has a sh- some shots of both the Nano and, I- and uh, iPod Touch size iPhone cases with holes in the middle for cameras. Uh, they match up with sketches reported by iLounge back in May and rumored by HardMac uh, even earlier then. So it, it makes sense that at least the iPod Touch is going to get a camera because you know they've got this really cool now touch-to-focus technology. So uh, that would be very, very cool. Maybe they'll do video. That would be very sweet, too. That would be awesome if the iPod Nano could shoot video. That would be cool. Did you have a question, I think, that maybe Chris Case submitted? Yeah, I got a little story. Uh, I'll read it right here. This is from uh, one of our listeners, Chris K. Uh, just got back from a wonderful customer service service experience at the Kenwood Town Center Apple Store in Cincinnati. Last night, I was switching my 3G in a silent mode when the ringer uh, on-off switch broke off, which I've heard that actually happens quite a bit. Uh, I made an appointment for Monday at noon, but since I was going out there today, too, I figured there'd be no harm in seeing if it could get fixed. Within five minutes, they signed me in and took my phone to the back of the store. Within five to ten minutes of that, they brought me on a brand new uh, 16 gig 3G. The process could not have gone more smoothly, and I'm very pleased now. It would have been nice if they'd given me a 3GS, but I realize we aren't living in a fantasy land. Uh, and, and just to stop right there, he's got a question after that. But uh, a lot of people were wondering, you know, if if a year from now, you know, if I got Apple Care on my 3G phone, if something happens to it, what what do they give me? They give you the exact same phone that you had w- that you bought originally. They keep a stock of those. Uh, for the next, you know, few years, because people are going to be doing battery replacements with those too. So you're not going to get upgraded to a 3GS or anything like that. Uh, his question is, though, I bought Apple Care when I got my 3G. Does the fact that I now have a new phone with presumably a different serial number mean I have to do anything to switch Apple Care over to my new phone? And the question is, no. When when he brought that into repair, uh, they saw in their system uh, that it had Apple Care, and when they switch out. For the new phone, the serial number is also switched out on the Apple Care. So it, the Apple Care doesn't start over; it still continues from the date of purchase. But uh, yeah, so he's still covered. He's got a new phone, and he's pretty happy. Nice. That is very cool. Do you know, real quickly, if you were to buy a 3G, let's just say last year, uh, and you purchased Apple Care on it, and you upgrade to 3GS, can you convert that Apple Care over to the 3GS? No, that that uh, Apple Care is tied to that phone, and uh, so th- when you sell it, though, if it's still under Apple Care, when you sell the phone, let's say you sell it to a friend of yours who gets uh, service, you know, through AT and T or or whatnot, that is still covered under Apple Care. So the Apple Care tran- is transferable to different people, just not different products. Another question for you: So, you, are you do you think that the I, the Apple stores still have the original iPhone to replace people's? Uh uh, in warranty under Apple Care devices, absolutely. Uh, you could you could go into the store today with an original five gig iPhone you from two thousand one, five gig. 
Oh, was it a five gig? Yeah, I used to I used to own one. Uh, you could go into the store with huh. a five gig uh, iPod back from two thousand and one, and say I want a battery replacement, and they would give you a a refurbished uh, five gig iPod, brand new case, nice mirror, like a mirror back finish and everything. Uh, right now, nice. So yeah, they keep that they keep that stuff for a long time. Wow. Alrighty. Well, we have some other things going on here in the world of Apple. I found some uh, notes on TomTom and I wanted to share that with you guys. And this comes from an article over at Macworld. And if you don't mind, for those of you who are in our live chat room here on Monday evenings, by the way, for those of you on Geeks Radio, if you want to ever join us live, you can do that Monday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And you just head over to gspn.tv slash live. Or you can go to helpigotamac.com. And of course, you'll see the window and, and a link to the chat room. We'll take you there as well. Alrighty, and here we go. I've, did I put that in there? Yeah, I did. All right, so here is the article. Uh, I just brought out some chunks that I want to share about the TomTom application. They did an, uh, they did an interview for this article. Uh, asking questions, commonly uh, want, uh, things people want to know about the TomTom application for the uh, iPhone. And so here we go. The first thing is the biggest challenge presented by iPhone-based navigation solution is that the dedicated navigation systems have better GPS reception than, unassi- than an unassisted iPhone. In addition, the iPhone doesn't include any of the special technologies that TomTom implements in its own navigation units. For example, gyroscopes and other hardware allow a unit to better approximate its position when it loses the GPS signal, say in a tunnel, the size in a in a tunnel or in between buildings or whatever. The size of the iPhone also is an issue. Uh, 4.3-inch screens are becoming the standard for standalone devices, while the iPhone's screen is only three and a half inches in size. A few iPhone owners have car mounts for positioning the phone safely while um, driving. Or it actually says, and few people have that. Uh, Let's see here. There are also logistical issues. For example, because the iPhone doesn't support background processes, any navigation app must shut down during phone calls, making real-time tracking difficult, something that doesn't happen on a dedicated GPS unit, even the one that include telephone, telephone features. And while the iPhone offers more space for data storage than most GPS units, the company recognizes that iPhone users will want to use as much of that space for apps and media, so navigation apps must avoid abusing the opportunity to fill up that space. All right, the next thing that I learned from this article is that car kit that they're manufacturing, it is not required but it is definitely recommended. And here's what they said about that. iPhone owners will be able to purchase and use the TomTom software and maps without the car kit hardware accessory. However, the car kit for iPhone was designed to enhance the software by addressing several of the limitations mentioned above. For starters, the car kit includes a separate GPS receiver that performs better than the one uh, built into the iPhone. Murray said the receiver, Murray being the guy from TomTom, says the receiver is close to what you'd find in a dedicated unit. TomTom, let's see, the TomTom app uses the receiver when your phone is docked in the car kit. 
allowing for improved real-time navigation, especially in cities with large buildings or locations with lots of trees or other natural obstacles. What do you think about that, Chris? Um, that tells me that the car kit's going to be expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably going to be a hundred dollar car kit, which is c- kind of disheartening because I was really looking forward to getting that car kit. So you do think, um, you think that having that additional GPS unit in there is going to make that about a, a $99 car kit? Uh, I think so. Even though those, those chips for GPSs are pretty cheap. I mean, uh, you know, they could probably buy that chip wholesale for 10 or $15, uh, for each of those car kits, but then they got to make their profit. Yeah. I think we're going to see that car kit's going to be a hundred bucks. I think the software is going to be another 40 or $50, maybe more, maybe a subscription like AT&T is doing their navigator software and it's $10 a month. So I, I don't know, man, if it's going to cost too much, I'll just, uh, stick to borrowing my uh, wife's Tom uh, Tom. Well, you know, I I, I like. I, I'm very glad to hear that the car kit's not going to be required. Uh, and oh no, but I yeah, but you man, a car kit would be sweet. It charges it. It uh, you know it does a pass through for the audio, and it's a really nice mount. The Tom Tom has a really cool car mount with the suction cup thing, and yeah. you slide it and it sticks. I mean, it's it's nice. I would I would probably if I had that car mount, I would probably use it. Every time I'm in the car, that phone would be in that thing, charging and playing my stuff through that. Well, let me read on because we're going to get to the pricing here in just a minute, but there are just two more little paragraphs that I want to read. One, The next one says, TomTom has taken advantage of the iPhone's own unique features to enhance the application. Uh, for example, unlike TomTom's dedicated GPS devices, the TomTom's app's interface is going to allow for portrait and landscape modes depending on which, of course, you know which way the phone is oriented. Number one, I think that's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, there, there are certain times when you really want to be able to see further down the road. And the fact that you could turn the, you know, orient the, fo- the phone in a vertical way and actually be able to display more of the map. You know, I really like that without having to zoom out. So I, I really enjoy that. It says you can also use the phone's multi-touch gestures. Tap, swipe, pinch, zoom to navigate the interface and zoom in and out of maps. You'll also be able to access your phone's contacts from within the TomTom application, letting you quickly choose a destination or starting point from there in the contacts information. I really like that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely like that. So here we go. Last part, pricing and availability haven't yet arrived. Unfortunately, TomTom wasn't able to provide concrete information about pricing, pricing and availability. The company is still saying simply later this summer. However, Murray did tell us that the company is leaning towards a set price for the application and maps rather than taking the subscription approach of AT&T. The application you you purchase through the App Store will include the TomTom navigation software and the latest tele-atlas maps for your area, North America, and Europe will be the initial areas offered. That's awesome. So that's, that's awesome. Good to know. And and for all the other thing, it's I didn't paste this one into the uh, notes here. However, I did hear that the application is and with maps will be approximately one gig. Uh, yeah. wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a I lot. I had to delete some music off my uh, iPhone because uh, I think the way it is right now, I've got. Let's see, maybe 800 megs free 
on my phone. But I've been downloading, when I, on, and I want to talk about this in a little while, but I've been downloading applications like a fiend as of late. Is that right? I dropped $40 on applications this weekend. This weekend? Yeah. Dude, somebody's been depressed and shopping. <laughs> uh, no comments. You, yeah. Oh, actually, I have 1.3 gigs available. I must have deleted some music. See, you you just saved that right there for TomTom Tom. later this summer. There we go. Let's do it, TomTom. Tom. You and me, buddy. Well, Send I, me a free code. I want to hear your, your app story in just a moment, but I do want to cover one other thing here. Apple prepared to or prepares iPhone SMS patch. Security experts have ex- discovered a flaw in the way Apple's iPhone handles text messages, prompting the company to ready a patch to fix the issue. Now, if you click through to this story, and of course, this is in the show notes under the Cliff's Notes section right now. And uh, let's see, the flaw could enable a hacker to gain remote control of an of the iPhone uh, using the iPhone's text messaging capabilities. It works by exploiting a weakness in the iPhone's SMS protocols and could allow cyber criminals. I love that term to <laughs> to tr- let's see, to track the phone's location by tapping into its GPS features remotely activate the microphone for eavesdropping or transform oh. the headset into a botnet using used for sending spam or committing online crime or instigating a distributed denial of service attack uh, that could bring down an entire website. What do you think about that? Man, having a bunch of iPhone zombies sending out spam. That. Think about it. They sold a million iPhone 3GSs. Um, there's, let's just say there's five million iPhone users. If all of them got affected, that's a lot of network traffic for AT and T. That's a, a, you you could you could do a lot of hurting by just pointing those iPhones to do a, a DDoS attack. That is crazy, my friend. Here and here yeah. and here, us Apple folks, we're always talking about how how much safer everything is. Of course, <laughs> of course, I'm sure that this patch will come out and we'll get a little three point zero one up you know software update actually three three 3.1 is in beta right now so that's probably what it's going to be as a 3.1 update gotcha Alrighty, and did i have one other story let me just check to see if i had one other story nope that was it all right so tell us a little bit about your shopping spree chris oh wait okay yeah go ahead and do that and then we'll go to our voicemails Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I bought some. I, I decided this weekend to buy some higher end applications, <coughs> games, and uh, yeah. So the first one I got was uh, is a ninety nine cent app called Blimp, and it's really really good. It's a puzzle game where you you have this blimp and you control the air and you've got to tilt it left or right. Uh, just do a search for Blimp on iTunes. It's beautiful. The music is amazing in it. Uh, one of the first high-end apps that I that I purchased was Tiger Woods PGA Tour uh, 10 or 10 or 11. I can't remember, but Tiger Woods PGA. And I have Let's Golf, which is another golf game. Uh-huh. The difference between the two are, are night and day. Let's Golf is more arcadey. They don't have any real courses. And Tiger Woods has a ton of courses, a ton of real courses like Pebble Beach and the old course at St. Andrews. Uh, the, the graphics are really, really good. The uh, the control scheme is very cool, and uh, it's got you know play by play and things like that. So that one is really really awesome. The next one I got is called Fast, 
and it is a jet fighter game. And what's cool about this cliff is I can I can play against people on the internet. And I was playing uh, battle mode against a couple people, you know, like two on two, and it was awesome. You know, you could play and shoot get shoot down guys with your missiles and stuff. That was super awesome. Now, what's that one called uh, again? Fast. It's just called Fast. That's, yeah. And that's the one you can play against people online. Yes. So let me ask you a couple questions regarding that. Uh, first of all, what's the graphics look like on that one? Three full three D. Okay. And so yeah, it's very cool. So if I let's just say you and I both had this application, is there a way that we could configure it to where we could meet up with one another? Not yet. If we were both together, we could play over Bluetooth. Okay. But. But yeah, we can't. I can't like enter like your your gamer tag, quote unquote, and, and play against you yet. I think that's coming though. Okay, that would be cool. And so it's kind of like a not a first person shooter, but more like a, a spaceship fighter game. It's you, well, you you play like you know F fifteen Tomcats and and F fourteens and stuff like that. So it's more military. Okay, hold uh, on one second. Like air, Sure. We're, yeah, we're having our. Th- this is weird. It happens right about this time into each week that we have that Skype craziness that happens. Check, 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 check. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause for just a second and see if I can't reconnect to you. Okay. 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 So we're back. Uh, we we determined that it was a USB port that you were plugged into that was causing it to crap out like that. Yeah, I've heard that happen on other podcasts, not just ours, so that's good to know which one it is. The one you want to plug it into is the one nearest to the headphone jack. There we go. <laughs> All right, so um, so you, you said it's not like a first-person shooter, but it, it is, did you say you were going to say kind of what it's like? Yeah, it's a lot like um, Top Gun and Afterburner. If you ever played Afterburner in the arcade back in the 80s, it's, you know, you, you, you're, you're kind of at the view of behind the plane you can shoot missiles and, and you know, heat-seeking missiles and stuff like that. And you have a heads-up display with your radar, and it beeps and makes all sorts of crazy noises and stuff. So, But you, but you are playing against other people. Now, what makes you think you really are playing against other people and it's not, they're just not telling you that? <laughs> because uh, there's, like, rankings, and, 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 you know, like, I have a higher rank now. And I, the, the people, like, you could play against the... Uh, the, the computer uh-huh. and the, the computer people seem to fight different than the, than the, uh, gotcha. than the live. Uh, the, the, the people who are playing live are definitely harder gotcha. than the computer people. So, and then okay. you can't chat with the folks though, right? Not yet, but I'm sure that's coming. Yeah. The, these are the kind of things that I'm really looking for. Uh, um, what is that? What do they call that? A massively on, uh, what is that called? Massively multiplayer online game. Yes. Thank yeah. you. No problem. I would so I got love more, to have some of those. I got more games. Tell me more, man. Okay. One of my favorite games that came out for the iPhone last year was Rolando. And Rolando 2 came out uh, on Friday. So Friday or Thursday? Friday. And no, Thursday. Get it. It's $10, but it's awesome. It's like a, it's kind of like a platformer, kind of like Mario Brothers, but different just go if you go to uh just do a google search for rolando or, or go to ng moco's site they're, they're they're the publisher of this game and uh yeah it's it's amazing how do you uh, spell rolando r-o-l-a-n-d-o all right i'm doing rolando youtube in google right now yeah and look for number two and it's got amazing music 
the next high end game I got uh, was Doom Resurrection. Yeah. And uh, if you like the old Doom series, uh, this is a new kind of a new take on Doom. Uh, it's it's a lot like it's it's not it's a it's first person shooter. But you don't move. It's, it's, it's something called on rails where they move your, for you. But what you do is you tilt the phone to aim and then you touch your screen to shoot. And then you can also dodge and hide behind things if things are shooting at you. The graphics in this game blow my mind. It's, it's hard to imagine I'm playing on a phone uh, when I'm playing this game. It's amazing. It's kind of, for I'm told, it's kind of short. I'm only on level two right now. So uh, I'm having a blast playing it, and from what I've been told, id the creators of Doom are actually going to be adding more content and more features, possibly multiplayer, to this game. So it's pretty awesome. I'm looking uh, at I'm looking at Rolando on level one, and it kind of kind of reminds me of a little bit of pinball and a mixture of um, Sonic the Hedgehog and a bunch of other games like that. Yeah, it, it, it takes a, a lot of its uh, inspiration from a, a PlayStation portable game that's called uh, Loco Roco. And uh, it's got a really unique art style, uh, and it's definitely one I recommend. Um, another game I got <laughs> was called uh, Zenonia, and it's the really the first good RPG for the iPhone. And I haven't really gotten into it too much, but it reminds me of Legend of Zelda on... Uh, the old Super Nintendo. So that's that's going to be one I'm going to really kind of delve into uh, when I'm on vacation this year. Uh, the next one I got was a game called Stone Loops, and that's a lot like Zuma, where you have these different colored balls, and you got to match uh, three of them in a row to break them. And it, that is a really good game, and uh, that's called Stone Loops. The next one I got was called Pirate Bay, and it's a lot like, if you like flight control... yeah. Pirate Bay is kind of like flight control, only it's a it's it's on um, you know the water. So you're trying to stop these pirates, and you've got your little ships, and you're drawing around and trying to blow, blow them up and stuff. So that's a cool game. Uh, the next one I've got is called Must Eat Birds, and it is a puzzle game, and it's okay. I mean, it's it's probably not the best I've played. It's probably the the stinker out of all of out of all the ones I got, but uh, it it's still a lot of fun. It's kind of weird. It's it's kind of uh, it's like a japanese game show you know it's got bad translations and things like that so it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of funny in that aspect and i think that is all i got but i got a lot of games oh and i got heroes sorry i got heroes of sparta which is a a lot like if you play the game on the psp or on the playstation god of war it's a lot like that where you're a spartan and you're fighting all these like zombies and stuff like that and that game uh, is in 3d and it looks incredible so those are the games i got uh they're very very cool and um yeah i blew a lot of money this weekend but uh i've been having a lot of fun very cool well i picked up a game i think it was actually free and it's a you remember playing battleship when you were a kid Mm mm-hmm I got uh, Battleship. It's called iBattleship, and there's a bunch of Battleship applications out there, but I was finally able to find one that looks halfway decent, and I had no desire to play Battleship by myself against the computer. How boring would that be? But I got it so that I could download one, uh, you know, the application on my phone and then download the other one on Stephanie's phone, and Matthew and I, was we were connected via Wi-Fi uh, to the same network, and it allows us to see each other's phone. And then what we do is we actually get to choose to play in multiplayer mode. We hide our individual uh, 
ships on the board like you normally would and you play just like you would play you know electronic battleship only you can be anywhere in the house and uh play against each other it was a lot of fun so i'm mean, classic game you know gameplay is no real different uh they could have done a couple things to to improve upon the graphics or some of the sound effects but still the it, the basic gist of the game is there and it was a lot of fun and matthew and i really enjoyed it that's awesome and that one's yeah, free I- and uh, what's funny is for a while I was thinking about getting, a, a, you know, when I got another job and more it down. I'm still looking for a job. So if anybody has one, I'm still looking. Um, you know, when I was, when, when was going to get a, a new full-time job, I was really kind of thinking about getting a Nintendo DS because, you know, I like handheld games. I think they're kind of fun. But I'll tell you, Cliff, this is quickly becoming as good, if not better, than any of those other handheld gaming platforms. I'm, I'm having a blast. The games are a lot cheaper, and we're starting to see some really good A-plus titles coming on, on the iPhone. Have you? Do you know anybody who's actually purchased Myst on their phone? No, I haven't. Not yet. I would love to actually see that in action or hear from somebody that's got that. Um, another game that, that's out there and it's free is, and it actually is a pretty cool little game, is Wild West Pinball. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I downloaded that one too. Yeah, that is a that is a good game. I mean, it's it's got really neat little graphics and stuff like that, and uh, absolutely free as well. Yeah, I go to a site called Touch Arcade. Uh huh. And it's a great site to kind of keep up on um, games and reviews, and and they'll tell you when because sometimes during the weekends, and that's how I got so many games. Sometimes during the weekends, uh, and and during time special times during the week, games will drop in price like like fast. The, the playing game was normally like $5. When I bought it, it was $1.99. So that's a good site to kind of keep an eye on price drops and things like that because people are dropping their prices all the time because they want to stay in that top 10. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's move on to some additional uh, phone calls that we've received in. And by the way, for those of you who are listening in, you don't have to join us live to be able to get your Mac questions answered here on our podcast. You can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The voicemail hotline, uh, for those who want to dial direct, it's area code 859-795-4067. But if you uh, don't have unlimited long distance on your cell phone plan or some other uh, means of calling us that way, uh, we can pick up the tab. All you need to do is pick up the phone and dial this toll-free number at 1-800-757-1158. So I'm going to read those numbers to you one more time uh, right after we're finished playing a couple of these uh, voicemails. So let's start off with uh, Dave from over at the App Show podcast. And I'm going to unmute Dave first. And now Dave from the App Show podcast. Hey, Cliff. This is Dave here from the App Show. We do a podcast about the iPhone and stuff. And I was listening to your last show on Help, I Got a Mac. And you were talking about that um possibility of tethering your iPhone uh, using that website. Well, when we were at PodCamp Ohio, I did that during my show, and I wanted to warn... I mean, I could have done that during my show, (laughs) and I wanted to warn everyone out there that make sure you only install the custom configuration file that they provide, and not the one that um, allows you to customize your own configuration file, because if you do that, it will not recognize any of your cell phone wireless settings, and it'll say you do not have a cell phone plan and won't connect to any data or anything until you have to re uh, restore or restart or clear out the carrier data information 
and put it back in there again. It's a little scary, and I'm glad I didn't do it. I mean, I may have not done it, <laughs> or I may have. It's, it's, no one will know. Okay, love your show. Bye. Your secret's safe with us and the other several thousand people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> in theory, I'm going to say it. I did it. Did you really? I, I ain't scared. Bring it on. <laughs> have you gotten your bill, your first bill after the fact yet? I have. And nothing changed? No, I haven't used it yet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Stephanie paid the bill this month and I need to check it. Make sure that what, what the price on that bill was this month. Yeah. No, 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 I don't think it's for me. I don't think it's on there. I don't think so. All right. So let's move on to John. John called in this week as well. And let's see what he has to say. Hey Cliff, this is John from Houston. I'm um, just calling, uh, I guess for the, either help I got in there, podcast answer. I heard, I heard, um, a relative, uh, question on uh, your last podcast answer, man. Actually, the one before the Geeks Radio. Anyway, my question is uh, regarding um, Facebook and Twitter. Um, I've noticed that, you know, Facebook will incorporate your Twitter updates and they have that, that, uh, that you know, that way you can set it up. But my question for you is, you know, going with the, the way that they've redesigned, the last redesign of, of the website, whereas the news feed um, that's kind of looks similar to Twitter uh, uh, homepage, and then with now with your vanity URL being Facebook.com slash you know Cliff Ravenscraft, whereas you know when you have uh, your Twitter, it's Twitter.com slash. I just wanna. Do you see? And this is I guess maybe this is something you and Bye can talk about and help I got Mac. Do you see that Facebook is just definitely scared of Twitter um, just you know knocking out most of their market or? You see, is this Facebook trying to stay competitive or being um, doing whatever everyone else is doing? I don't know. I just kind of was thinking about that today. Um, how much you know, Facebook's turned into the. Uh, it seems like they're they're, they're turning into Twitter a lot. But anyway, just something for you to chew on. Um, anyway, I hope you have a great day. Thanks, John. Thanks for calling. In. Chris, do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I, I think. Uh I, I personally don't go to Facebook that much. Uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook, and I, you know, I have things that update on Facebook, and every once in a while I'll post a status update. Uh, Facebook has really turned me off because of people inviting me to do things. Yes. Either play Farm Club or Farm Town or Pirates versus Ninjas or you know, things like that, and it just turns me off. I go through there once a week, maybe once every two weeks, and clear all that stuff out. And I just keep them in my merry way. Twitter for me is a, a, an, an always active and growing thing for me. I'm always on it just because it stays out of my way and you know I, I can get as much as I want out of it. With Facebook, I feel like I, it's like a garden. I have to go in and make it grow and, and weed it out and prune things. and It's just too much work. Here, here's my thing. First of all, to answer the question, um, do I think that they're afraid? I, you know, I really don't. Um, I think that they saw, um, I, I saw, I think they saw where they were missing the boat, quite honestly, where people were most interested in these status updates, you know, and that just happened to be like this little feature that, that was randomly just available among many features. And they saw the the benefits of highlighting that as, as, as kind of real time information, 
And and that's really the way these social networks are going is is it being able to share real time information about what's going on and being able to include pictures and audio and posts and sharing links and and all that stuff included. Uh, it, it just seemed like Facebook had all of the all the resources already to do what Twitter does. And in fact, I believe it does. And I think it does it ex- uh, quite well. And, and, you know, Twitter is all is all over the news these days. But to be honest with you, uh, Facebook's user base is far out, far exceeds the, the user base of um, of Twitter. Now, yeah. the nice thing about Twitter, I think the, the thing that Twitter's going got going for it is that it is simple. And I, I think sometimes it, it, it's frustrating to me that it's oversimplified. They need I, like, for example, I think that f- I use Facebook all the time, uh, but Twitter is my primary connection with people. But I like the threaded comments. You know, I love that people can go in and they can comment on my status update and it puts that in in a threaded, fo- easy to follow conversation in chronological order uh, attached to the original status update that started and sparked that entire conversation. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know what I think though? I think Twitter is going to eventually acquire things like bit.ly and maybe like twit tweet pick and stuff like that to become more full featured. Yeah, I, 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 I see that. And then of course the, the question becomes then, you know, what, you know, there's the simplicity like I right now I could put my mom on Twitter and my mom would be able to do Twitter with no problem at all. If I put my mom on Facebook, she's going to be overwhelmed. Um, yeah, I think I think as long as Twitter keeps all that stuff, you know, as long as they make it available, but it's only as complex as you want it to be. I think that'd be the winning solution. Yeah. Now, what I do with Facebook that's unique, I use Facebook as Twitter. I, I really do. Uh, but I do, I, I, I use, I do post photos to my Facebook account. I do, um, I, well, I guess I do a couple other features that are only available on Facebook, but as far as, you know, people's applications, I block every application that ever comes to me. I, I, I click ignore invites for every invite that ever comes. Um, and, and I always choose ignore all invites from this person, you know, ignore, block all applications. I, I just go through and every day that there's something in there. And I'll tell you, it was, it was a hassle for about 30 days, but after 30 days, you don't, I don't get these things anymore. I, I maybe get three invites a week or two, two application requests a week. And those are, you know, just block it or ignore all in invites from this person and boom, it, it, it does away with all that. And it becomes the most awesome layout for Twitter it's just not Twitter. You know, it, it, it's, it's not the same as, as interacting with people on Twitter. So it, each one, I think, provides a valuable service, and I use both. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's move on to something that's possibly more Mac-related here from Eric uh, from Washington, D.C. Hello, this is Eric from Washington, D.C., and I'm calling for help. I got a Mac. I'm a fairly new listener. And it was calling in regards to my iPhone 3G. Been having an issue with slow backups lately, and was wondering if you all could impart any uh, knowledge or resolution to getting the backups back up to speed. Again, this is Eric in DC, and I love the show. 
Eric, thank you so much. And uh, thank you for uh, tuning in and calling in right away. I'm glad that you found our show. Any, gosh, I haven't had slow backups since the 2.0 days. Yeah, me either. What you may want to do, just and you, you've probably already tried this, but reboot your phone. It may clear out something that's that's causing a backup to take extra time. Uh, another option is, is that I can't remember how to invoke it, but uh, there's a way to turn off uh, to reset your warnings on one of the on your phone, and one of the warnings is sending information to Apple, like your log file. If you turn that off, apparently it makes it a lot faster too. But you, you may want to do a Google search for that because I don't remember how to do it off the top of my head. Yeah, in fact, if I can think here, just go and do iPhone turn off log file or log reporting. Let me just see if that pulls it right up. It should. Yeah, how to turn off log, iPhone call log report media insights. And uh, I'm going in right now to to pull this up. Um I'll put something in the show notes for you guys. Anyway, uh, but yeah, I, I've tried that fix before and it never did work. I would say probably make sure that you're up to date with the most recent software. Tr- uh, try to flush out the system. And, you know, if you get some big applications on there, uh, you can go in and tell it to stop syncing certain applications. You can go into hook your iPhone up, let it sync, and then go into the applications section and uncheck all the applications and then see if they're, if you can go through it. Of course, you're looking at a lot of time, but maybe not as much time as it takes to, to do backups if it's taking you an hour like it used to back in the old days. Uh, and, and see if you can find out what application's causing that to happen. I really think it's an application, though, that's just way too large. Yeah. All right. Well, the last thing I've got on here is... Um, uh, the website or website story, which is a play on website or West Side Story uh, from the musical, and College Humor came out and did something absolutely hilarious. And uh, Chris, you you actually got to see this, didn't you? I did. And uh, for those of you guys who haven't seen it, you can just go to collegehumor.com and you can see the whole thing. To be honest with you, the only part of the song that really did anything for me was the the little section about Twitter and Facebook. And uh, it, it, it was really done extremely well. And Chris, if you don't mind, I'm just going to let this play us out. Okay. All right. And so thank you again, everybody out there on geeksradio.fm. Again, we invite you to tune in. Uh, every single week here on geeksradio.fm we'll be playing at the same time you're hearing us now Uh, but if you want to join us live you can do so every Monday evening uh, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time just head over to helpigotamac.com you'll see us in the uh, live streaming window and there'll be a link to the chat room that'll take you right there as well and again I told you I'd tell you those phone numbers if you want to call direct it's area code 859-795-4067 And then also, uh, if you want to dial in toll-free, it's 1-800-757-1158. And so, Chris, we'll talk to you again next Monday. All right. See ya. All right. Bye, everybody. I met a boy. (laughs) At a bar. At a Jason Mraz concert. No. Online. Online. (laughs) Well, how did he find you? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. And I'm tweeting, I'm singing a song about tweeting, but it's seven characters too long. La 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 la. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Facebook, 
and my Facebook updates with my tweets. So I Twitter, and then everybody knows my deeds. La 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 la. 